This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. There have been uh, several instances where you hear about a company ending up making somewhat of would be considered a bad investment in a line of production, and they have no way of recouping that investment. So they believe that the big investment may be, uh, you know, something like what we're hearing around potentially the metaverse, or there's also Ford Motor Company ending its self-driving business. There have been other examples as well. They call that corporate sunk costs. And those costs which have been sunk and will bring forward nothing can be a, a hit on the bottom line. Marius Gensel is assistant professor of finance. He has looked into this, and he joins us with more. Hi, Marius. Great to talk to you again. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. And so, as I mentioned, you've researched this, did a paper uh, on this topic last year. Interesting something you said near the top of, uh, of the paper, that in nearly every investment that there is some element of sunk cost in, in that prospect. Right. Did I read that correctly? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can think of, you know, any project you have, you'll spend some money, or you can even think of the time that you invest. And that is just gone, right? These resources you have invested, you cannot recover them. And those are all sunk costs. And so part of it is, I guess, the cost of doing business in general then. Absolutely, yes. So everything, you know, every time you spend some money, you sit down and, you know, you evaluate some, some projects and the time you incur doing that, that's, that's part of business. And these are all costs that happened in the past. And importantly, they should not affect the decisions going forward, right? What's the best decision going forward? That should not be influenced by these past sunk costs. Do you, do you end up seeing uh, that they end up do impact the decision process later on down the line with other ideas that may be brought forward? Yes. Yeah, so I think so both sort of like from my own research, but then also anecdotal evidence and what we see in sort of daily business life. I think that's one of the fundamental mistakes that many businesses and business leaders make is, and that mistake, just to be clear, is to, to sort of justify decisions going forward with, costs and costs that you've incurred in the past and resources that you've invested. And that should never be the ground for, you know, like the justification for decision. But I do think, and based on my research, that is something that many businesses, you know, many a mistake that many businesses make in their investment decisions. I mentioned Ford and the idea mm -hmm. of the investment they made in self-driving uh, and, and getting out of that as well. Take us through, you know, that that mindset, maybe using Ford as the example and, and the loss that it, it really has to deal with uh, after the fact. Yeah. So, I mean, so you sort of start thinking about this idea of self-driving business. Right. And then you make an initial investment. And, you know, with hindsight, we know that that didn't play out well for Ford because we know now know they've shut down this business. Right. But so after this initial investment, you get sort of like initial sort of ideas and, and signals whether this is going to be profitable or not. And then at some point down the road, at some point, you need to pull the plug, right? The question is just, when do you, when do, you do that? And if you think about you being sort of the person who came up with this, with this idea to invest in self-driving business, and you are responsible for this investment, 
it's going to be really tough psychologically for you to, you know, to pull the plug and say, nope, that was a mistake. We shouldn't, we shouldn't spend any more money on this. So you have this inclination to just try to make it work, right? You spend additional money in the hopes that eventually you'll turn, you can turn things profitable. And that can lead to situations where then, you know, three years later or something like that, um, it didn't work out. And then you have these huge impairment losses of like in the billions of dollars. So this is this very dangerous sort of, um, you know, vicious circle where you have an initial investment, doesn't work out, you try to make it work, and then you throw good money after that, and then yeah. you end up with huge losses, you know, a couple years later. Kind of, kind of a money pit philosophy, right? Exactly, exactly. You're like, you're like holding on to this initial investment. And you think, no, I don't, I don't want to lose the money, and then you end up losing much more than that initial investment. That's that's exactly the danger of the sunk cost fallacy, and you are escalate escalating your commitment because you don't want to admit you made a mistake, or you don't want to like, you know, like like incur that loss. Mary Skensel is assistant professor of finance here at the Wharton School. So I guess then using the example of Meta, we don't really mm-hmm. know whether or not these are sunk costs yet, but there is kind of this belief that you know the investments that are being made now, you may not see a return on them for a long period of time just because of how, how our culture you you know uh, works and, and, and kind of adopts things. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point. So it's obviously very hard to say definitively someone, you know, is subject to the sunk cost fallacy, right? Like there's always or almost always, I should maybe say, like this idea or like you can make an argument that something is, you know, is like is optimal. But like in the meta example, right? So, um, you know, spending billions and billions of dollars and, 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 and the mistake would then be to say, okay, we're going to spend more money because of that initial money we've already spent, right? And so it's hard for me to say this is absolutely an example of sunk cost fallacy, but it certainly, you know, checks all the boxes, right? We have, like, one key decision maker. They have made a, like, big public commitment to a certain strategy. They've spent billions and billions of dollars on it. And we have some feedback from investors that they're not happy with this, right? And so all of that together kind of like certainly like, you know, brings the bell, like maybe there's some escalation of commitment going on right there. Joined by Marius Gensel, Assistant Professor of Finance here at the Wharton School. Uh, one of the other, uh, we were trading emails over the weekend, one of the other instances you bring up is Airbus from a couple of mm-hmm. years ago with an investment that they made. Yeah, exactly. So, like, that's the their flagship. There's the Airbus A380, which they have now. So they they started that about 15 years ago, and they've already stopped production of this aircraft because it's it's not profitable for airlines, uh, and so the demand for the aircraft has been pretty, you know, pretty mellow. And so um, there's potentially lots of reasons why Airbus wanted to build this aircraft: prestige, envy of Boeing. But also, again, like once you start, you know, once you've started this idea and you've made initial uh, plans to, to build this aircraft, you spend billions of dollars at that point. And then it's very hard to, to kind of like, you know, backtrack or say, nope, like that's it. I, uh, we, we're not uh, moving forward with this project. And so part of that, that decision to build this, you know, unprofitable aircraft would have been escalating your commitment you don't want to lose the money you've already invested that's why you 
struggle with money after that. So I think Do you, this, this idea – sorry, go ahead. Yes. No, finish up. Go ahead. Finish up, Maris. Oh, I, I was just going to say this idea of um, justifying your, your, your continu- continued investments with something that you've done in the past. It's very natural to, to us as human beings. It's something that we tell our students and in our MBA programs that you shouldn't be doing. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I think many of us have that thought process and, and that factors into our decision making. How often then, in, in what you have seen, do these instances of sunk costs end up being something that might be considered through innovation? Maybe not necessarily the you know, the traditional path of a company, but they're trying to either expand their profile, you know, they're moving into new areas, and, and it's something that maybe they haven't looked at, you know, in past years. Is that the end up being the case? So, I, so you're asking about innovation? Like, uh, well, like I mean, I'm wondering... The change in strategy or, or something like that? Well, yeah, I mean, do the sunk costs end up coming from in certain cases, levels of innovation that companies try and bring to their fold. I see. Yeah, so I think the idea of innovation, R&D investments, um, those are instances where I think some costs um, can potentially matter a lot. And that's just because of the nature of these investments. These are large investments, right? And they are kind of like, they're, they're, they're basically, they're, they're not recoverable. Right. So like the, the firm spends a significant amount of money on an investment. Um, and that's like like you said, specifically the case in innovation, R&D. And then you're kind of like stuck and in, 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 on that path and you kind of like almost have to go. It feels to you that you have to go down that path and and uh, continue developing that, that project or that business, that business idea. And so that uh, if, if I could sort of pinpoint one decision area of a firm, R&D investment would, 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 one, would be one pitfall for the sunk cost investment uh, for sure. Yeah, you're absolutely right on that. You mentioned about the, how, how the, the mindset of the public may be and, and investors may be to these types of decisions and how it might impact the mm-hmm. firm. But what about like the board of directors of, of a company as well? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And, um, it's a little bit uh, so, so. So the question is, is at the end of the day, like, um, how are they thinking about this, and how are they sort of like, um, how personally responsible do they feel for the decisions, right? If if the board thinks, yeah. oh, like this was our decision, then they are much more likely to also be subject to this fallacy because then they spent their money, or they are the responsible decision makers, right? Because they are the ones controlling management, and then this is this. The, the, the people who are supposed to control management are subject to the same bias, the sunk cost fallacy, and then there's no sort of like checks and balances in the firm anymore, and that can mean even uh, more uh, mean even more trouble for firms at the end of the day. Mary, it's a pleasure to have you with us today. Thanks for uh, for your insight. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Marius Gensel, who's an assistant professor of finance at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.